get me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash! The number one comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Marsha Hersham. Yep, I'm the Mark Hershon that announcer Bill Haywatt is speaking of, and I'm here to guide you through Epi 70 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. 70 episodes, and they said it wouldn't last. By they, of course, I mean me, and by last, I meant last. Hey, it's Christine Blackburn with the Storyworthy Podcast, and we will be at the L.A. Podfest on Saturday, October 5th at 4 o'clock with musicians Perla Day and Jim Wilson. So we'll see you at the L.A. Podfest. I'm getting ready to take this show on the road in a couple of weeks for the second annual Los Angeles Podcast Festival. I've got my shipment of Succotash buttons. They're like pins for your clothes, but way cooler because they hang on with this kind of magnet-backed thingy. I'm going to give those away for free at our table in the podcast lab at the PodFest, so look for me. I've even got a couple of big green Succotash banners to hang up so you can find me easier. You can get your tickets online at the LAPodFest.com. Not the, it's just LAPodFest.com. And if you tell them at the door that you're coming in to see me, Mark Hershon from Succotash, they will give you a confused look. Because, come on, they don't actually know who I am. But come on in anyway. I will have my mic set up, my free buttons, and I will interview any comedy podcasters who stop by the table. Hi, Succotash Show. This is Susan Wagmans of Toggle the Switch, and I will be at the L.A. Podcast Festival this year, and I can't wait. Greetings to my friend Mark and all you succotachios. This is Caleb Bacon, host of the podcast Man School. I want to let you know that I will be seeing all of you guys and gals at the L.A. Podcast, whether it's my show, which takes place live Friday night, October 4th, 7 o'clock in the p.m., which will feature Judy Pardo, Paul Bryan from the Adam Carolla Show, Jason Smith from the NFL Network, and uh, some more. But I'll be there all weekend. Hang out. Come say hi. Let's uh, get big bowls of sucky tash together. Coming for you, Hershon. I'm coming for you. I feel I need to apologize for something that happened last time in Epi 69. Normally things that happen on this show all happen after the fact. We play clips from podcasts that have already dropped, interviews that I've usually pre-recorded, but sometimes I try to step into the now. And last episode was one of those times. Our friends in podcasting, namely Dean Haglund and Phil Lairness of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, were teasing that they were going to have a special guest on last week's edition. But wisely, they didn't say who. But they told me, and I spoke. Spoiler alerted the fact that Rick Overton was going to be on their show. Except it turns out he had to postpone because of a movie that came up that he got cast in. So apologies to anyone who tried to catch that interview. It will happen. Just don't know when yet. Anyway, here's my clippy shout out to the Chill Pack Boys for this week. If this is the uh, 30 second to one minute clip that Mark Hershon chooses, who just showed up online on Skype, by the oh, way. Oh, did he really? So if anyone wants to call Mark Hershon, he's available right now. <laughs> uh, Wait a sec. Uh, this, oh, yeah, okay, go. Anyway, if this is the 30-second or one-minute clip that he excerpts, then uh, you will know, as you listen to Succotash, that we're pleased to be heard each and every week on Succotash. Succotash! I'm looking forward to seeing those boys. They're going to be at the L.A. PodFest as well. I think they actually have an official spot on Sunday, I'm going to say. I think 4 p.m., but uh, you can probably find out more at chillpackhollywood.com. Uh, this week on Chill Pack, um, Phil is doing something that I found really noble and quite heartbreaking. He and Dean talk about the recent Baltimore, sh- uh, Washington, D.C. shipyard shooting. But rather than focus their attention on the alleged gunman Aaron Alexis, Phil did a little research on each of the 11 victims and honors them during the show by telling a little of their stories. It really does humanize what's become far too regular a modern tragedy and makes the outrage of these shootings felt just a little bit more keenly. You can hear that in six years more of Chill Pack Hollywood Hour at chillpackhollywood.com or chillpackhollywood.com. And their more recent episodes are up at iTunes, Stitcher, and the Talk Superstation. 
Last week, I had the honor and pleasure of meeting, hanging out with, and watching Paul Bates, Lee Smart, and Nug Nargang, the cast of Podcasting's Illusionoid, when they were in town for the San Francisco Improv Festival. Uh, they did a fantastic job, and I'm going to be featuring an interview with them and the show they recorded live at the festival on an upcoming episode of Succotash. Just have to get the time together to interview them. We hang, hung out uh, quite a lot, actually, while they were here in town, but everywhere we were was too noisy to set up our, our gear, so really couldn't get it done there, so we'll Skype them in, and then we will play the episode, which is entitled The Asteroid Juggler. You can actually hear the episode now. They just dropped it a day ago on their home site at Illusionoid. It's also already up on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. And on uh, their version of it, there's a little pre-show chat with me. So uh, isn't that special? As I mentioned last episode, I will be appearing live this Friday night with Marsh Jam, a new improv show going up to the Marsh Cabaret in Berkeley, California. That's at 8.30 p.m. Cover charge is 15 bucks, but if you mention my name... Covers only 15 bucks. For more information, get on up to themarsh.org. I'll have that link up, by the way, in my blog piece that accompanies this episode at SuccotashShow.com. Hi, this is Robin Williams, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I did good, huh? Now I'm a lineman! <laughs> Now, I have a bouquet of comedy podcast clips this week, some of which have been provided courtesy of our honorary associate producer, Tyson Saner. But if you're a comedy podcaster, don't just sit around wondering when I'm going to get to your show. There are a lot of comedy podcasts, and I only have so much time during the week to harvest the clips. So you should know that you are welcome to submit a clip from your own show. That's right. Just send along a three to five minute MP3 slice of your podcast to clips at succotashshow.com and I will feature it on our show. Now, here's a bit of business to get to before we get into the meat of today's episode. Well, appetizer anyway. Succotash has been an Amazon associate for a little while now, but I've only had a little ad way down in the right-hand side of our SuccotashShow.com website. Now, you're going to find a clickable banner ad right at the top. So, if you're going to be doing any shopping at Amazon, why not use the Succotash portal to get there? doesn't cost you a dime more. And if you click over to their site from our site... Uh, we end up getting a little kickback from them. They win, you win, we win. What I like to call a win-win-win scenario. So, Amazon, you, us. Click, win. That's all you need to know. The ten most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List. Oh, yeah. Those jingle singers mean it's time for our top 10 most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 comedy podcast list. In fact, that's exactly what they're singing. This is the list of podcasts that moved the most up or down uh, that comedy podcast list this past week. And one of those shows is actually in the top 10 at the actual top of the list, which means some of those shows finally jiggled around a little bit way up at the top. So let's uh, read down uh, the top 10 most active at number seven, Real Time with Bill Maher. Now, he's been up there before in the top 10, but he's back again. Real Time with Bill Maher, up 24 places this week. At 32, Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler is uh, uh, up 48 places to uh, to get up into uh, up to number 32. And I will be having a clip from Girl on Guy in just a few moments. At 50, Oh uh, Yeah Dude is up 12 places. Coming in at 56, The Champs with Neil Brennan and Moshe Kasher. Often in the top 100, they're here again. Uh, they are down 19 this week, but they're at number 56, which ain't half bad. At 65, The David Feldman Show, down 17 places. At 67, Dining with Doug and Karen is up 18 spots. At 77, The Cracked Podcast is down 22 places. At 92, the best show on WFMU with Tom Sharpling has up uh, has gained 14 places to the good. At 95, Kevin Pollock's chat show is up 18 places. And finally, down at, uh, not down, they're actually up at number 100, Who's Paying Attention with Alonzo Bowden, up 25 places to just barely get in there, but he's at number 100 in this week's list. As for our Stitcher rank, I know you're you're wondering. Uh, we are once again on the move. Consistency, it seems, is the key to this podcast game. Don't let anyone fool you. Miss a week and your ranking sinks like a stone. Last week we were at number 6721 on Stitcher, but this week, drum roll please. Succotash jumps up 2,182 places to end up at number 
4539. On top of that, I discovered that we made it back into iTunes What's Hot list in their podcast section this past week. So it is on, and that is your... The 10 most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast Aisha Taylor's Girl on Guys, I just mentioned, leaps back into the top 100, up 48 places with a kickoff of her third season. Now, I still don't know what constitutes a season of podcasts, by the way. It seems pretty arbitrary from show to show. Hell, at Succotash, we're still in our first season, and we're 70 shows and two and a half years in. Nonetheless, Aisha welcomes Jack Osborne to her uh, the debut of her third season. Jack's the son of Ozzy Osborne, and he talks some about dealing with the reality of that experience. So we're, when people would say stuff to you, was it a surprise? No, because my mom would be like, hey, listen, you know, she would, in a very kind of motherly way, she wouldn't be like, well, your dad did a bunch of blow, and got <laughs> a, you know, she'd be like, hey, listen, you know, there's stuff going on with your dad, and just I want you to know if anyone says anything to you at school, you know, tell me, but know that it's not, if they're going to say anything, know that it doesn't, it's not going to, it's not true. Or, right, you know, she, right, she or was, they're exaggerating. Yeah. Or... Um, so she was really good about trying to coach us through certain, um, you know, things that were going on. But, for, it, but the weirdest thing was, is that when it's all you know, yeah. it's normal, so you just go, okay, right. like, that's it. It's not like dad was a, you know, had the tiling business with my best friend's dad. And then all of a sudden the garage band hit and he was like, (laughs) you know, going all over. From the very beginning, this was your life. Yeah. So everyone's always asked me like, hey, what's it like? And I'm like, I don't know what it's like not to. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, like I said, I feel like becoming an adult is such an, you know, a million things kind of change about the way you see the world. But one specific one is you start to see your parents as people. Mm -hmm. Both, um... What, you know, for, for better or for worse, you know, whatever kind of judgments you, you, uh, you restrained yourself from making because they were your parents and you loved them and you looked up to them, you start to make those judgments as an adult. But also you kind of realize, oh, they're just fucking people. Like, people are a mess. Yeah. I See, growing up, I was always more interested in finding out who my parents were as kids. Really? I always got really, like, that's always what intrigued me. Like, I loved finding old pictures, if there were. There's only a handful of pictures of my dad and not much more of my mom. Right. Because, you know, there was no digital cameras. There was right. no... It, right. People be like one precious, like, yeah. analog print. Exactly. Faded and, yeah. And so I was... I, that's what I always found interesting. It wasn't so much about what they were doing now or anything. Like that. Yeah. I always thought, like, oh, what were you like when you were a little boy? <laughs> it's funny. You've heard this a million times. It's amazing how much you look like your dad when he was a kid. Really? Like, I don't think you look like him at all now. I don't know. I'm giving you much of opinions yeah. about how you... But I remember just seeing... Pictures of him in, in God Bless and being like, oh, wow, like yeah. at 20 or 18 or whatever, that when he first started the band, like mm-hmm. you guys look a lot alike. Yeah, I get Do my you mom. not see it? I know. I, I get my mom. Everyone's always like, oh, you look like your mom. I'm like, I don't oh. think I look like either one of them. <laughs> I think I was I, found in like a, right. <laughs> in, a, in a reed basket floating down a river or something. Was it always um, – because, you know, your dad just started and stayed like – in the state that he was in for a good part of your childhood, which mm-hmm. is just like away, um, crazy. Uh, it, it was weird. It was when because when he was at home, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't. It was really quite normal. It was like he was relatively mellow. I mean, he'd have his bouts of just you know madness, madness. But it was always you know he was he you know there were there was times where he was really quite hands on and right. you know would come pick me up from school or take me to school or wow. you know do general kind of dad stuff. Um, but it, you know, it, it would always, the, the biggest thing for me was that he was always leaving touring. Right. So that, that's what I, would bother me more. It's like, I didn't mind that he was drunk or high or whatever, because at least he was around, mm-hmm. but when he was gone, it was just like, you know, you know, and he's not the most, he's not the best at talking on the phone. So it would, uh, um, it would, it, that, that's what I found the toughest is right. not having, you know, be basically being raised by. You know, my mom, two sisters, and a nanny. Right, and so, right. I mean, it, it helped later on in life because I had no problem talking to girls. But <laughs> <laughs> that was like, that was the thing. I go yeah. friends at school and be like, I can't talk to them. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> right, let's go, yeah. right? Yes, I'm practiced at it. Yeah, exactly. Like, talk, talking girl talk all day long. <laughs> you can get all the seasons of Aisha Tyler at the home site, girlonguy.net iTunes, Stitcher, or she also has a pretty robust app that works on both iOS and Android. You know what? we got to get us an app. 
Let's keep this clip-on-show action going with a slice from a show that is one of my regular listens, although we haven't featured it for a while. That's Doug Loves Movies, and a show we had last week really had me laughing hard, which must look weird if anyone is seeing me out in a wilderness trail at 5.30 in the morning, running full speed in the dark and laughing like a lunatic. He had first-time guest Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, and returning guests John Hamm and filmmaker Werner Herzog, which is in air quotes because he's actually portrayed by Paul F. Tompkins. In this episode, Herzog is really on it. Here's a chunk from part of Doug's Leonard Malton game, where the contestants have to figure out movie titles from scant clues and a dwindling of cast members. The year is 2005. Uh, Three and a half stars from Leonard this movie that uh, he says is uh, it's won, it won like three Oscars and he also says that it is uh, 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 it's a tough one to pull out another clue oh the director co-wrote it with two other people <laughs> sounds like a real team effort <laughs> and Leonard lists a mirror Nine names. How many names do you think you can get it in? W-H. I believe I can name that film in seven names. Knocked off two, John. Six. Oof. Can you see what's happening here? I do. <laughs> I know you don't like games, Ron. <laughs> uh, so you can go lower or ask John to name it if you think he might fail. Five names and I'll start from the bottom. Yeah. Uh, or you can go even lower than five. I'll say four. Yeah. Came to play. Uh, name that movie. All right. Four names. <laughs> <laughs> The category is Kyle Chandler is in this movie. And uh, three and a half stars from Leonard from 2005. Three Oscars. Director co-wrote it with two other people. And the four names are Kyle Chandler. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) He's the the ninth build person. This this uh, game is tough. and And then Jamie Bell, Evan Park... And Andy Circus from 2005. And now I say the movie? Say the name of it. Just out loud. <laughs> King Kong. That's correct! Good night. Thank you. We are emerged champions. <laughs> We're playing to two points, but so far you're you have a, a huge lead. Halfway home, because you're one point away from the win. <laughs> you're halfway there, and uh, that means for the next round we are going to start with. Uh, since uh, you were challenged by what Academy Jones Awards did King Kong win? Oh, let me look it back up again. Technical awards. Yeah, for Fair sure. Enough. Yeah, okay. it, it got that. It got that three. Got that same three that Star Wars got, and you know, Close Encounters got. Didn't it win for longest screenplay? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm in a hurry. I'm in a big hurry here. The ultimate diss. <laughs> I'm All right, I'll look it up. Um, I'm just, I'm just having fun. Uh, a fun roast of Peter Jackson. <laughs> Sound mixing, sound editing. You'd be surprised. Those people don't even meet each other. How different they are. And, uh, but they can hear each other at all times. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh, visual effects were the, were the three that won. It had amazing visual effects. It was the story of people who wanted to bring a uh, monkey back to New York and didn't give a shit about the fact that there were dinosaurs. <laughs> On the same... We know what... We've seen monkeys. Not ones that big. But why are they excited about the crazy flying insects? The dinosaurs are just standard size. <laughs> Who could possibly care? 
they would scoop them up if they were extra tiny. People, people needed the, the diversion uh, during the Great Depression, and those horrible silent films were not getting the job done. <laughs> you know, that Paul F. is always funny, and he pops up on a lot of podcasts. In fact, this last week I came up with the idea to do a special episode just featuring the podcast appearances of Paul F. Tompkins. So I'm going to try to talk to him at the L.A. Podfest next week. He'll probably be there and see if we can't get him on this show. You can get Doug Loves Movies and his new spinoff, Doug Loves Minis, from DougLovesMovies.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Let's get to the first podcast of the episode that we've never featured before. This is called All We Know and was clipped for us by Tyson Saner, our honorary associate producer. It's with Benny and Rafi Fine, also known as the Fine Brothers, and is described on their Tumblr page as a sometimes ignorant, occasionally uninformed, irresponsible news podcast. The content is largely driven by audience suggestions through Twitter and Facebook. Tyson tells me that All We Know isn't a weekly or even bi-monthly podcast lately, but that could be because the Fine Brothers also produce weekly content for at least two YouTube channels. Over there, they have the live-action web series My Music, the animated web series Emo Dad, and at least four flavors of React videos, with regular contributors including Kids React, Teens React, Elders React, and YouTubers React. Rafi, what is all you know about a new Sesame Street character? I know a lot about Slightly this. controversial. This isn't the, like ours. No, it's not ours. Oh. What, do you think is, what do you think is controversial about this new Sesame Street character? And I'll have, it's not a disease. I'm going to guess. Like this is going to be my, my guess. My guess is going to be like, HIV. They've done that before. I, I'm guessing it's going to be a sibling or a cousin of Elmo. No. Oh, that's not a relation. We're not going that far. That would have been controversial. Let's address what the puppeteer of Elmo did on Sesame Street. Yeah. No, let, let's, what's social circumstance? Rape. Mm, no. I know exactly what it is. So I, I do, I'm, too. I was just wondering if Rafi could get there. The controversial Sesame Street character has parents who are or, druggies. Getting who closer, went, getting closer. Who have gone to college. <laughs> yes, the controversy here. My college parents. Yes. Meth lab. No. What would well, happen if they ran a meth lab? They would eventually be. Yeah. The parents have both been in prison. No, they're in prison. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's a pup. I don't know if but both are just a dad. shocked about kids deal with having a parent that's in jail. How many? <laughs> a, how many? Enough? At any given time, how many? You're horrible, That is not the way you should be looking at it. This is to reach all types of kids. There's oh, no God. There's nothing wrong then with should, that. Then we should have incest parents then, because there's probably just as many. I don't know. <laughs> Rob, you're ridiculous. You're not thinking logically or with any sense right now. Either way, this is part of what Should Sesame Street... Should we do Street. a poll? No! Should we do a poll? No, we're not doing a poll of the incest on Sesame Street. We're not drawing the line. Listen. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Okay, Sesame Street has been doing this lately because not too long ago... They made a character that came from a family in poverty, which is also controversial. Right. More controversial for us because that puppet's character was a young girl named Lily who looked exactly like a young puppet girl named Millie who came from a troubled home. <laughs> Literally, if you put them side by side, they are identical Millie and Lily. Okay, what else do we have from this situation? Because we don't need to talk about Millie. She doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Anyway, so look, I have no problem with this. I think Sesame Street should do this more often. Right. I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's cool how they kind of uh, tailor their messaging to their, you know, all, all the different worldwide Sesame Streets that exist. I don't know how many different Sesame Streets there are. I guess at least a dozen at this point in, in a dozen different countries. It's been countries. on the air for so many decades. I know that the South African it. one, like last year or a year ago, introduced the first puppet with like HIV yes, because a that. lot of children were dealing with AIDS. There's a lot of people dealing with and that. So they just. There's a lot of. Think one about parent. That would be my critique. I might have, maybe it is one parent. parent. I actually don't know. Okay, yeah, you guys sure said both. Parents. You, right. you kept saying At parents. At the same time. So the is kids that what homeless. set you off? Yes, yes that is what set him off. set me off. I can tell. No is it both sense. parents? Well, no, let's both parents, and the kid now is in a foster home. That's what the situation is. Well, if you is. think about Sesame Street, aren't they all in foster homes? Oh. Well, wait, they live on Sesame Street, one street, and there's all these puppets. Where are their parents? We don't know the parents of these people. Where's Elmo's mom? Is there an Elmo's mom? I don't think we've seen an Elmo's mom. I know mom. where Elmo's boyfriend is. Oh, oh, I should have mentioned Elmo. I'm just going to sit here and wait for Betty to do his research. <laughs> okay. Well, a parent. A parent. Oh, I'm fine with that. Oh. 
And we're done. Let me read. Can we move on? Let's move yes. on. We're done. Next subject. Uh, uh, another c- correction. Uh, the parent or the puppet in question only has one parent in jail. What is all you know about the Lego movie? I saw that it was on the homepage of YouTube. I didn't click on it. I'm going to guess it's something like scary movie or something. And it's going to be making parodies of other movies. Um, I don't know what it's about. I've heard it could be this amazing, epic, awesome thing, like a Wreck-It Ralph type of a thing. It is a kind of stop oh, motion-y. Like kind of thing? Yeah, it's a That's Pixar thing with like Lego characters in a Lego universe. And it's just like an adventure. It's like an, it's an epic feature film. About Except it's Legos all little like Lego things moving around. Well, look, that's great. I think it makes a lot of sense. It should have already. I feel like they have been making Lego movies, probably not of this caliber for a while. For They've been making DVD a or something. crap ton of video games, of video games with an, all the cutscenes and Lego it makes, characters. It's it makes a, no sense to me why people want to buy people them. People are obsessed with I them know, it's weird. for whatever reason. They are. So this is a natural evolution. I hope it's good. I hope it's and good. it's got. Tons of like characters in it, like Batman's in it, and oh, all these like so this superheroes. Hence, I heard it was like Wreck It Ralph. So it's gonna, this is going to be cool. It's like, it's like Lego Batman. Yes, yeah, Lego course. Batman. This all is gonna Lego be cool. version. I'm in, guys. This is going to be cool. <laughs> this is going to be good. I'm, I'm ready to watch this. It's going to be clever. Find all we know on iTunes, the All We Know Tumblr page, and YouTube, but you will not find them on Stitcher. For this week in comedy podcasts over on Splitsider.com, I'm reviewing No Pressure to Be Funny, a British podcast that I've featured before. The brainchild of Nick Revel, Alistair Berry, and Jake Waring, there are also a lot of other folks involved in this topical live monthly show that uh, is broadcast or podcast from the Soho Theater including a panel of journalists and pundits that changes every show. So they've just kicked off their sixth season, there's the season thing again, with Angela Barnes, Rich Pepiat, Steve Gribben, Dan Smith, Richard Herring, and host James O'Brien. Here's Nick Revel breaking into the show with a very important announcement. Let's bring Nick Revel back onto the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Revel. Thank you. Um, actually, James, sorry, I should warn you, I'm not going to do the mono that, um, that, that I agreed in rehearsal. Um, there's some, been some breaking news coming, and um, I, I don't want to bring the mood down, but... Uh, especially on top of all the terrible stuff that's happening in Nairobi and, and, and Syria and so on. But this has just come in from, from Milan, uh, where, as you know, the fashion world is gathering. Um, uh, no, seriously, this is really... <laughs> I, sorry, I just got to take a breath here. Uh, it's officially been announced that it's now not fashionable this season uh, to use the handles of your handbag, OK? Uh, that's... That's official. It, it, it's clutch bags now, okay, are in, and bags with handles, totally last season, totally out. Um, apparently, uh, details are sketchy. It's a fluid situation, but um, apparently the, the editor of Grazia was reduced to, she had a, a bag with handles, uh, and she quick-thinkingly just is carrying it now as if it hasn't got handles, okay? The handles are totally out, all right? Uh, I have to take a deep breath and deal with this. We're British. We've been through this kind of stuff, and worse. Uh, uh, as I say, details are sketchy. As far as we know, the new clutch bag that is in is rectangular uh, and bigger than the traditional clutch bag, okay? About A4-sized, apparently, from what we're getting, seems to be the size. Uh, some experts apparently are saying that this new larger size clutch bag is, in fact, um, a, a retro-feminist step, whatever the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> Uh, others are saying that no, clutches are no longer just for evening. They can also be used during the day. Uh, as I say, everything's up in the air. We've just got to roll with this for the time being. Uh, one, one thing is certain, though, uh, apparently, which is this. Uh, however this pans out in, in the long run, everybody seems to be agreeing that uh, this is a trend which totally spells the end of the heavy bag with multiple straps. They're out for good now, apparently. Uh, please don't shoot the messenger. I'm just recording what's going on. Now, uh, uh, what I can say, a slight sort of grain of good news, is that if there is anybody in this room still using a bag with straps, um, don't panic. We promise that in this theatre tonight, this theatre tonight is a non-judgmental zone, and you will not be looked down on for having a bag with straps in this theatre this evening, Okay. Next month's show could be tricky, just warning you. So that's the latest from Milan, and obviously we'll bring you any further developments as soon as we get them. Uh, There should be an emergency number up soon (laughs) for you to call, or better still have your people call it. Uh, 
and we'll, we'll pass that number on as soon as we get it. Uh, but obviously, we'll only be recognizing calls from the new iPhone 5S. So, uh, okay, I'm sorry to cast that shadow over the evening and enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. I've also got a song from that episode of uh, No Pressure to Be Funny that I will play in just a little bit. It's a very intelligent show. It's not always played for laughs, but there are plenty to be had in every episode. You can get more over at NoPressureToBeFunny.com, and they are also on iTunes. And again, look for my review uh, on This Week in Comedy Podcasts up on Splitsider.com. Now, here's another show harvested by our friend Tyson Saner. It's called Shane and Friends and features Shane Dawson along with his producer, Lauren Schnipper. This is a new podcast. They've only been around since June, and there are nine episodes so far. This clip is from Epi 8 and features guest Harley Morenstein of Epic Mealtime, a very popular YouTube web series. I was always the kid that the parents were like, well, Lauren finishes her entire plate. Can't everybody be like that? Like, I was never the kid that, like, left things on I was, my plate. I was a kid who, like, when we'd have leftover stuff in the fridge after Thanksgiving, like, the next day, my mom would be like, Shane, can't you just make a leftover sandwich and get rid of all this? <laughs> and he'd be like, okay. Which, by the way, one of my leftover sandwiches, listen, speaking of Epic Meal Time, so I would use pumpkin pie instead of bread. <laughs> There's a great Epic Meal idea oh. over here, the Dawson family <laughs> leftover sandwich. Oh, my God. My whole family. My fat family. Oh my god! So it's like pumpkin pie is the bread, and then you put the turkey, and then you put the cranberry sauce, and then you put the mashed potatoes, and you put the the stuffing, and then you put grandma's special gravy, and then you put a slice of pecan pie on top. And no, you, you did not. I actually did do pecan, this. and then the pumpkin again. Yes. Fuck yeah! Why not? Yeah, you gotta step your game up. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh, is that the noise? That's your. Is that yes. the, that's not the noise? Yes, it is. Barkock. No, no. No. Do you know that different countries have different ways of doing like animal sounds? Like what? In, in yeah, Fra- it's in true. The, in France, it's not cockle doodle doo, it's cocorico. It's true story. Yeah, uh, it's true. And it's true. also, I think it's uh, French. Here, the dog is bow wow, rather than woof. Whereas English people hear it as bark. Like it's all. It's apparently where you're from. Where you're from, it's you true. You hear something differently that animal noises yeah. make. Yeah. Like a cow is moo. Only in America. What is Where it in else Canada? Do? I don't know. Oh, in Canada, we are North America. Same shit. Sure. <laughs> only in North America. Uh-huh. And then, you know, moo, you know, somewhere else is something else. Probably stupid. You have you ever killed? I have ever killed a man. Great segue. Yeah. Yes, but Speaking never a cow. cow. <laughs> no, have you, um, no, really, have you ever, now, listen, I've seen Taking a life? probably 80% of your videos. Um, but I feel like there might be a couple I've missed. Have you ever actually had like a dead animal, like a real animal, and made something out of it, or is it always like burgers? Like, do you have you ever had like a cow carcass? Yeah, we uh, one time we put uh, we put fifty birds into ten pigs. Well, and then uh, it, be more specific. What kind of birds? <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, quail inside a Cornish hen, inside a chicken, inside a turkey, inside a duck, inside a pig. Well, what's that's like the turducken, but on crack. In, yeah, but inside a pig, and then we made ten of those pigs. And then we sewed the mass to mouth like a centipede. <laughs> so it's like 10 pig carcasses. First of all, I didn't understand sewed that. Because you're Canadian. Mouth. Ass to mouth. I literally like, <laughs> took me about. Like, we sewed them ass to mouth. Thank you. <laughs> ass to mouth. I mean, I was like, what is that? Is that like a term? Got it. Ass to mouth. <laughs> ass to mouth. I got some good Canadian words that I say strangely if you want to hear them. Wait, yes. I, I but, Dance. <laughs> I like to dance in my pants. That's how these are my, these are my dancing pants. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that, is that it? It's random. Random Ra- words random. like random. Do you say A a lot? Yeah. But you guys say huh. Huh? Huh? Yeah, you guys say huh. Oh, huh. yeah. Huh. But I don't say it at the end. I don't say it in interchange. You can't interchange. No, you do. Huh. You interchange huh and a. No way. Yeah. Listen to yourselves. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I swear, people now. always make fun of Canadians. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we sound stupid, but you guys sound really dumb, too. Yeah. 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 Y'all, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. Y'all. Yeah. Okay, wait. So yeah. ask to mouth. Yeah, back to that. Ass which is a really mouth. good segue. So then what happened? Then how did you cook that thing? If yeah. they were, all yeah, they were already cooked, and then we sewed them together. And then what did and you do? We cooked the birds, and then we put them in a cooked pig, and then we took all the cooked pigs and sewed them. But that doesn't work. It's, isn't the whole point of mushing and cooking it all together? I feel like you missed the whole opportunity. What are you talking about? Well, like when you do the turducken, you don't cook them all individually. The turducken, you know, No, we cooked the turducken as a turducken. But I'm saying this is like a, a turducken on crack. Please, please, if you can show me I mean, a 50 <laughs> foot smoker, I would love to do it all at once. In I, fact, I, it would open up many opportunities. 
Have but, you ever gone to another country and done like a um, epic meal time, like in Africa? This is the other country. Oh no! <laughs> you know, actually, we we did have plans to go to Japan oh. for a long time. Yeah, they yeah. do some weird dog yeah, eating do shit over there. I wanted. I said if Oprah Winfrey wants to be on an episode of Epic Meal Time, <laughs> we'll go to Africa and we'll feed. Why we'll does just feed o- a village. Wait, why does Oprah have to? Because that's like we want that. We want her to co-sign that episode. <laughs> yeah. We want her to come and be like, yeah, Epic <laughs> oh, Meal so Time. She, so she's legitimate. the way of getting out of being racist, having no, like Oprah. No, no, it's not racist if we go to Africa and we feed it's people. It's not racist if you just go to Africa. It's not Africa. <laughs> just going to Africa isn't racist. <laughs> well, okay? no, I don't know if my, you know this. <laughs> well, but why? No, no. What is racist to me is going to Africa where they're starving and it's like stealing all their resources. <laughs> no, 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 no. We were bringing food. Oh. We'll bring it, and we'll feed them all. They're going to bring oh. some turducken yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll bring, we'll bring stuff. Check out Shane and Friends on iTunes and SoundCloud. There does not seem to be a home site for the show, however. Your friends at Henderson's Pants would like to talk to the ladies out there in podcast land. With the summer long over and winter coming on, you might think this is a funny time to be offering a great deal on Henderson's out-of-season clam digger pants. And you'd be right. Due, however, to a horrible error in the Henderson's pre-washing facility in Denton, Delaware, an entire run of Henderson's swing-bottom cruising trousers were shrunk beyond recognition and very nearly discarded by a brain-dead custodian. Kudos to a fast-thinking Carl Fredrickson. The very same Carl Fredrickson who'd been the one responsible for the extreme shrinkage in the first place. Sure, they were originally for slim-hipped men at first, exclaimed Carl as he was being escorted by building security to his car. But we can just call them clam diggers, say they're for ladies, and who'd be the wiser? Who indeed, we'd never tell, and neither will Carl now that he's signed an ironclad non-disclosure agreement in exchange for getting his job back. So from the dustbin to the discount rack come Henderson's out-of-season clam diggers, just in time to be tucked away and forgotten about till you're too fat to wear them. Originally designed for Patty Duke, Mary Tyler Moore, and the cast of The Housewives of New Rochelle, Henderson's out-of-season clam diggers are available for a song and $46 plus any applicable sales tax. That's Henderson's makers of fine leg sheaths and bottom buffers since 1236. And now back to Suckatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Let's leap into the tweet sack. We've got several thank yous this past week because I tweeted a few screenshots of podcasts that were getting some iTunes love from friends of Succotash. First off, our buddy Rick Overton. In his show, Overtime, over on the Sideshow Network, got top, top billing in the iTunes podcast directory. His show was one of the few in the carousel at the very top of the page this last week. Very cool, Ricky. Congratulations. Then from the iTunes What's Hot section, I also screenshotted Don't Quit Your Day cast from our buddy Ed Wallach, Way to go, Ed. And Tiny Odd Conversations with Travis and Brandy Clark. Oh, and did I mention that this show, this very succotash, also made the What's Hot lineup? That's right, we did. The picture will be in the blog post for this episode, and thank you for that honor. Without your downloads, ratings, and reviews, no one would ever find out about this show. So big thanks, kudos, and fist bumps to you great listeners out there in podcast land. Now, we just got an email and a clippy, that's a small clip, from the gang over at the Clutch and Wiggle Experience. That's the same Clutch and Wiggle, by the way, behind CWERadio.com, where you can hear replays of every Succotash episode as they emerge onto an unsuspecting world. Here's what they say. Rob Craig and new third Mike the Dits were reviewing an article about proper pooping etiquette, and out of nowhere, a He-Man PSA comes on. Signed, Rob, co-host the Clutch and Wiggle Experience. Uh, the pooping revolution, it's never easy to change the way that we've done something for such a long time. We sit comfortably on the toilet just like we are comfortably eat junk food. Duh. Sometimes you got to take a He-Man shit, too. <laughs> got to figure that fit, right? We, we eat junk food because it's easy to get and tastes delicious. Our current bathroom posture is easy to do, comforting, and we can even text while doing it. It's totally more difficult to talk about pooping when the He-Man music is playing in the background. Dude, I was going to do it like an infomercial. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to raise it up again? No, I think it's good. Carrots, spinach, and peas are good for your body, and people don't like the taste. Squatting is the equivalent to this. It's not so great tasting vegetables that keep us healthy. We've already begun the change in we, the way we eat, so why not change the way we poop? Hi, I'm He-Man, and when I poop, I squat. And you kids should try it at home. 
Dial 1-900-POOP for your free brochure. Can't squat on the toilet because you're too small? Take your kid brother or sister and stand on them while you poop. Because remember, kids, if you don't poop right, you'll do drugs. And drugs will kill you. This is a message from He-Man. You totally got to bust out this fucking brandy more often. I'm totally... I wish I could take credit for this on my own, but it's got to be the brandy. Do you, you have, like, cocaine or something in this stuff? You have to. It just could be the tits. I didn't plan that. That just happened. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I'm cutting that and sending it over to Suckatash. You have to. <laughs> I'll do it again if I need to. Ah, uh, that's the clutch and wiggle we know and love. Find more over at cweradio.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Thanks for the shout-out in there, boys. And uh, thanks for sending in the clip, too. I also got a note in the tweet sack from our own Bill Haywatt, who apologizes because he has been super busy. But he's hoping to get us around the old Studio P wet bar in the next week or two with a new Boozin' with Bill segment. Here's a partial list of those people kind enough to have mentioned Succotash this past week in some way, shape, or form on Twitter. Three Pleasant Gentlemen, Political Sphere, The Three Guys Rant, The Pod Mafia, Strange Time Show, Podcast Squared, which is a great podcast review podcast, by the way, and I'm looking forward to meeting the host, Andrew Johnson, at the LA Podfest next week. Nugnar Gang, Will Durst, who tells me that there will be no burst of Durst this week due to him being on vacation in New York. Seven Days a Geek, Podcast Horror, uh, SF Improv Festival, Inverse Delirium, Jeffrey Welchman, Cracked Myself Up, Mark Thompson TV, The D-Head Factor, Professor Important, 76th Street Network, Adam Harris, No Town Saints, Random Variety Show, Megan Innen, Megan Innen, Megan, Megan Innen, Mike Sains, The Comedy Buffet, one-time tweet, Erica Rhodes, Nicole Wiley, Sweet Feathery Jesus, Monica Homburg, Hard On Podcast, Chris Lanuti, Broadcast Basement, and Caleb Eats Bacon. All right, now here's a list of the folks that went up to our home site at Succotash.com and clicked on the donate button to toss up some alms, to toss us some alms to keep the expenses down. You know, I've just been doing that thing when we don't have any donors for a while, Not uh, just because I think it's funny. We do get donations every once in a while, so thank you guys who've helped out. For those of you not in the podcast game, there actually are expenses to this business. There's the equipment. A lot of it's fairly cheap, but because of that, it has to be replaced pretty often. At least mine does. And the Libsyn account where Succotash is hosted and which publishes our shows to iTunes and our RSS feed, well, that's 30 bucks a month. I also use socialoomph.com to automate a lot of the Twitter action we put out there. That's another 30 bills a month. So this show, while it's not expensive to produce compared to a lot of other entertainment, is an expense. So anything you can do, heck, maybe you even have business and would like to become a sponsor, it's all uh, very much appreciated. The shows have been so jam-packed of late that I got out of the habit of featuring some comedy music in the episodes. I've got two I'm going to play for you this time around, one now and save one for a little later, to take the place of our Burst O'Durst segment since Will Durst is off this week. This song was featured on the same episode as No Pressure to Be Funny that we clipped earlier, and it's a celebration of a sort for the baby panda that's about to be born at the zoo in Edinburgh, Scotland. Here's Steve Gribben. Figgies! We don't hear enough love songs from male pandas, so I, believe I bring you the first ever song from the male panda's point of view. It's called The Panda in Love. And what better form of music to express this than some 1970s lover's rock? Here we go. I said, do you love me, girl? Just give me a sign. Such a pistol over me and said that marks you out as mine. Making me so horny when you bite my ears Let's have sex within the next ten years For our wedding anniversary I'm gonna surprise you There you go baby, hope you like bamboo Yeah, 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 yeah I'm a panda in love Her name is Sweetness and I love her lots My name is Sunshine which confuses the Scots a Scottish name, the Zupica said. From now on, you'll be known as Wee Furry Bastard instead. At 600 kilograms, you're a big yin. 
Mind you, for Scotland, you're a wee bit thin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a panda in love. Girl, you're not like all those other pandas out there. I'm gonna say it out loud. With your white fur, then some more black fur around your eyes, then some more white fur, some more black fur, a bit more white fur, some more white fur. You really stand out from the crowd. Let's get down to it if I might be so bold. After all, I'm way over nine years old. It's just you and me, sugar, in our private den. With 600 school children and 50 cameramen. I gave her my best shut up line, I sexily winked. Come on over here before we're fucking extinct. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a pandering. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a pandering. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a pandering love. Thank you. We've featured the Air Raid podcast with Aaron Roden several times before. Now, Aaron is heavily into the music scene in the Seattle area, but he's also into comedy there, too. And he manages to snag some great interviews with comedians who may be on everyone's radar, but not necessarily getting on everyone's podcasts, at least not that often. This week, he got a hold of SNL veteran Jim Brewer and talked about a bunch of stuff, including these things. You know, I I like Taylor Swift. You know why I like Taylor Swift? She actually... Actually, a musician. Yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> so I can respect that. She's not backed by uh, robots and electronics and all that. And hey, there's something to be said for that. They're multi, it's a billion dollar business. But the kids, you know, I'm trying to like listen to War Pigs. Listen to what he's saying. They don't care. <laughs> no, man, they don't get. They don't give one flying shit about your style of music. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really don't. And there's a lot of flying of it around too. <laughs> that's that's for sure. That's for sure. I'm just on, I'm on the track right now like I'm I uh we do this show and we have a lot of like musicians on and everything. And so I try to uh just introduce my daughter at the age of two and a half years old to just everything that comes through the comes through the uh the air raid uh podcast pipes here. So like Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And and she likes it for the most part, you know. But like, uh, you know, uh, I I figure somewhere down the line she's just gonna she's gonna turn on Britney Spears or somebody like that here in the future, and then just be gone. Britney will be long gone by the time she's locked and loaded, ready for entertainment. Well, that's There's true. Gonna be a, a whole different shebagel lined up, ready to be uh, thrown at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, that's what I'm saying. There's gonna be there's gonna be new. Some new, you know, uh, tween uh, pop star that's just going to take my daughter away and, and, you know, make her want to wear, like, mini skirts to elementary school. It's kind of a genius marketing scam. It's all profe- it all comes down to professional wrestling. Politics, <laughs> culture. Yeah. It's all the same. It's like, all right, here's the popular teen kid. Okay, now here's the deal. When you turn 18, shave your head and wear tight clothing. We need some cleavage. Okay, you're the uh, gonna be a dirty birdie for the next four years. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna show your boobs on some MTV event. Okay, you found yourself. That'll get us the next five years. Okay, next. So it's yeah. professional wrestling. It's oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Every every tween bopper is the Rock. <laughs> exactly. Wow. You showed your rear end in public. You're a movie star. How about that? <laughs> uh, oh, good. You did steroids. You're a box office drawer. Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. There you go. You've got it all figured out. You've been in this business for a while now. Yeah, and I'm the jackass trying to be a good guy. <laughs> So let's talk about let's talk about your history here, Jim. I'm always uh, I'm always very curious about how people got their start uh, and what the uh, what the the impetus was to uh, people getting into the entertainment biz because it is a really difficult business to get into, and I think a lot of people are interested in that. So what was what was the impetus, uh, for lack of a better term, for you uh, getting into stand comedy? What what drew you into this? Steve Martin, let's get small. That was um, it, huh? I was about 10 years old, and my brother-in-law said, listen to this album. 
that, that's already dating it album. Yeah. And yeah. For, the first time I heard a comedian rather than a band on a freaking on an album. Yeah, yeah. That and and hearing them laugh. And back then, I guess Martin was going for the complete stoner, which stoner material often appeals to children. I just remember being 10 years old, thinking this is the greatest thing ever. And then I bought his next album, which was uh, Wild and Crazy Guy. And then I just fell in love with stand-up comedy. I saw Richard Pryor live on HBO. Then I saw George Carlin. Louis Anderson and Eddie Murphy and Sam Kinison and that was that I, I fell in love with and I wanted to be part of it from the minute I listened to it. To me, that was the greatest thing in the world. You can go up to air-raid.net, iTunes, and Stitcher for more comedy and music with a Northwestern perspective by Air Raid podcast host Aaron Roden. The last of this week's clip contributions, or clip tributions, from Tyson Saner is from the Schmoes No podcast. The Schmoes, in this case, are Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis, and their podcast talks about all things entertainment. In their Epi 87, they have two guest Schmoes, Mariah Menonos and Hal Rudnick, who discuss Seth MacFarlane's hosting of the last Oscars telecast, and also about how subjective humor is. You know, before we get into, because I want to talk to, obviously, talk to you guys about your movie. We saw the trailer and everything, too. But before we do that, I'd love to get your take on this, because we were just talking about Seth MacFarlane and this whole thing that he's getting with the, the backlash with the Oscars. And we thought that there was, the guy was basically f- fighting an uphill battle. Oh, of course. You know, it's just like he's this, young, he's this guy. They were going for this young demographic, it, and he had to conform at one point. And then he also, you know, when he did his young jokes, the old farts got pissed off about it. So yeah. wh- what, do you, what did you think of the performance, and do you kind of see that he was fighting that battle? Well, first of all, I'm friends with Seth, and yeah. I, I mean, we knew it was a thankless job yeah. from the get-go. I, I, I was interviewing him just days before. I'm like, Seth, this is a thankless job, right? And he goes, yeah, pretty much. Right. And- I mean, no matter what, it's it's really rare that people go up there and do the job and be praised later. There's always complaints. And especially if you're willing to stick your neck out and actually do something that's... um, A risk. A risk, (laughs) exactly. Well, I'm not friends with Seth. I might not say, the guy's an asshole. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, No, I think he did a great job. you got to straddle the line. It's like you got to keep the Oscar integrity, but he wants to retain his voice. But if anything, he did a better job than uh, James Franco and Anne Hathaway. (laughs) more sober than, than Pants, friends. our yes. intern back there, did a better job. Was awesome. <laughs> and he did an amazing job. I yeah. didn't get to see the entire thing because I was running back and forth working, yeah. but I saw the opening. I love the boob song. My right. mom was like, Maria, I didn't like the song. I'm like, Mom, shush. <laughs> right. that, I'm like, that, the but, song was funny. And that's exactly the point, is that people in our age demographic mm-hmm. thought that was funny, and then my mother-in-law said the same thing. Oh, I don't like that Seth MacFarlane at all. And I'm like, I'm like, did you watch it? Now, like, ten minutes. I'm like, how do you know? Like, well, how do you also, watch it? I yeah. think he could have been Equal opportunity offender with the boob song, like just uh, transition to. I saw, we your, saw your dong. <laughs> right, well, right. Yeah, Chelsea that's true. did that. Yeah, she <laughs> did. did yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like you hire him because of who he is, and then yep. you bring him in, and they don't want him to do what he does. Everyone knows that he's not the nicest comedian ever. Like yeah, he yeah, doesn't tell nice jokes. Well, now he's just gonna, like we said, he's just gonna shit all over those people anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't Somebody matter. He doesn't tell nice jokes either. It's like he. He just goes for whatever's yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if it's funny, it just doesn't matter. You're just right. going to do it. Yeah. Right. So, and that's what, it, when I was interviewing him just before, I said, all right, everyone's terrified of how mean you're going to be. And he's like, he's like, if it's funny, I'm going to say it. And you know what? I think that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to laugh. I've never seen a better nominations morning than the morning he did it. Right. right. We were all rolling and laughing. And usually they're so boring and yeah. we just, are like, can we just get the names? Right. But you wanted more. And guess show. what? We got more. Right. I mean, there are very few people that are more gifted, I think, than him. He's, he's so smart. He's so yeah. talented. Right. He's so gifted. But why didn't he whip out the Stewie voice? <laughs> well, you know what? I love that he didn't. Yeah. 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 We, had, we had an over yeah. and under in here how many times he was going to do it. And yeah. he didn't do it. And I was like, good for him because he knows people are probably, because he know that's where he thinks. He's like, yeah. I think yeah. Peter Griffin could have made him. Oh, my God. And the Shatner bit was brilliant. Oh my God. Loved it. Uh, Shatner was brilliant. Now, now one, of our, one of our listeners right now tweeting in uh, wants to know if you know where the idea for the We Saw Your Boobs 
came from. Do you know where that, how he I came up with that? I don't. No. I don't. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. No problem at all. <laughs> just, just ask him for Schmogel. Uh, oh, I, the idea came from being a guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and watching well movies. Yeah. Well said. All right. If you want more of the Schmoes Know, you'll find more at their home site, schmoesknow.com. They're also at iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and the Toad Hop Network. Since Durst, that's our political comedian Will Durst, was on vacation this week and we just happened to have gotten all caught up with our backlog of our Burst O Durst features just last week, there is no Burst O Durst in this week's show. In lieu of that, my buddy Chet Haas, who I met when he was a student of mine in a few of my improv classes, and who's also a writer and performer, in addition to being a software engineer at Google, he sent in a a short little original song he plunked out on his at-home plunker. It's called Questions. Calling. If you drop a thermometer, is the temperature falling? Is the covering over a tomb appalling? What is it all about? I wonder why trees never come, but they always leave. If magicians always have arms up their sleeve. If a knight without armor cannot grieve, why do I have so much doubt? Questions. Questions on my mind with answers that I cannot find. And so I keep on asking them and goes without saying is the point then mute if a mountain is pretty does that make it a beaut if an angle is tiny does that make it a cute one how will i ever know i wonder do lonely books keep to themselves does santa help those who help themselves should we hold our watches to ourselves these are my lines to toe questions questions like these with answers help me find them please so I keep on asking them and asking them and asking them and asking them and asking them. Key change. Ooh, key change. Ooh, key change. Must be the bridge. If a question is stupid, is if I write down a poem, should I make it a song? If I sing for three minutes, is that too, too long? I guess I should end this thing now. Questions, questions like those with answers that nobody knows. And so I keep on asking them and asking them and asking them and asking them. Thanks, Chet. That's Chet Haas, H-A-A-S-E, and he's got a Chet Haas channel up on YouTube with that and a bunch of more humorous little songs and other stuff. Well, that's it for Epi 70. I might get another one in before I head to the L.A. Podcast, but it's on the fence at this point. Since I'm driving there and back, maybe I'll do another car rant like I did a little while ago. Who knows? Appreciate your listening and your help. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes, thumbs up us on Stitcher, and if you find yourself with a few extra bucks, don't be bashful about clicking the donate button on our site. Even if you can't afford to do any of those other things, next time you see your friends, won't you please pass the succotash? You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, or on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show, email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com, or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your Loyal booth announcer Bill Haywatt reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. Hey guys, it's Amy, and welcome to Become Your Own Favorite Chef. 
Um, we've made a lot of main dishes and a few sides. You can never have enough sides, right? So I'm going to teach you how to make fucker and fuckatash. It's just fuckatash. It's like um, creamed corn but with a lot more veggies and it's got a nice little kick to it and it goes perfectly with any meal, winter, summer. It's awesome. So let's get started. Alright, first step is to make really healthy, crispy, amazing vegetables. A little fattening, but it's a necessary step for delicious succotash. So I've got four tablespoons of butter here. We're going to melt those. You can use margarine if you want, but we're going to make a roux with this, and real butter is the best way to go. I am going to use a family size of baby frozen lima beans. Babies are the best. They don't get too mushy like the Ford hooks. But uh, lima beans and corn are the main ingredients in succotash, so you want mostly lime green, li <laughs> mostly lima beans and corn. Since these are frozen, I'm going to put them in first before I add my fresh ingredients. Let them kind of cook down, get room temperature. After our limas have softened up a little bit, we can add our other ingredients. Here I have chopped some red bell pepper an orange bell pepper, and then half of a very large yellow onion. What you want to do here is make these consistent sizes. It's very important. Succotash has even pieces. And so we've got our baby limas, we've got little corn. You want these to be about the same pieces as everything else. You want to keep it consistent. Because part of the beauty of succotash is the beauty and how pretty it is. Let's go ahead and add these in. If you are not into chopping, I'm sure you can find these chopped and frozen, and that's fine too. I'm going to use two of these 15-ounce cans of whole kernel corn. I've already drained them. Again, you could use this much corn from a frozen package, and that would be okay. Lots of veggies. There's already a lot of flavor in this, but just to give it a little bit more, I'm going to add a tablespoon of minced garlic. If you don't like garlic, you can leave it out. Okay, I'm going to stir all this up. I'm going to let these cook down for seven or eight minutes until everything starts to cook together. Then we're going to make a roux and add lots of other flavors to really give it an amazing kick. And our final step is to add some cream to make it succotash. minutes here and once you see that your onions starting to become translucent, a little see-through, we can move on to the next step, seasonings. Now y'all know me, I like a little kick at things and as you can be your own favorite chef, you can add your own favorite seasonings, but these are my suggestions. I like it to be a little spicy, so we're going to start off with a little bit of Cajun seasoning. And I'm going to use a whole teaspoon here. Usually put in about two teaspoons, but I like to taste as I go. You can always add extra seasonings, but you can't take it back. Once it's too salty, you've ruined it. So be careful. Let's start off with just one teaspoon, because Cajun seasoning is salty. Then I've got ground paprika. This doesn't give it too much of a heaty kick. It just makes it taste smoky, gives it a lot of flavor. So we're going to do one teaspoon of smoked ground paprika. And the real kick in the back of your throat is ground cayenne pepper. This stuff can get bad, so I'm only going to start off with half a teaspoon. And you know your seasoning is good if you start seeing the juices at the bottom turn a little red, then you know it's going to be spicy. Next up, we're going to make our roux. We got those four tablespoons of butter mixed in here. And a roux is equal parts of flour and butter. So we're going to add four tablespoons of flour. What this is going to do is thicken this up so when we add cream, it really isn't just liquid cream with some veggies. It really is like congealed and, well, that sounds gross, in a good way, congealed in a good way, and just a real thick, amazing sauce. Four tablespoons here. Now, the trick is to let this flour cook the flour flavor out. If you added cream now, it would be nasty, and it would taste like flour, and that flour flavor would not go away. So I'm going to let this cook for about another five minutes, lid off, let that flour cook down, and then we'll add our cream. 
been about five minutes. I've been stirring occasionally, making sure all the flour does get cooked out. It's smelling amazing. So it's time to add just a little bit of salt and pepper. So just a little for now. And our last step is to add heavy whipping cream. We're not going to add a bunch. For this enormous amount of succotash, we're going to add about a cup. Again, I don't want this to be primarily cream. We want it to be primarily veggies, but we want it to be very creamy. Right now, you see how it's thin and sinking to the bottom? Well, we're going to turn our heat from medium to about medium-low. We're going to let this just slowly cook together. And that roux that we created with all that flour is going to really thicken this up so that it doesn't look soupy, but it holds together well. So I'm going to stir this occasionally for about another 10 minutes. Then we're going to start our taste test. And you can start adding things that you like. If you want it a little hotter, you can do whatever you want with it so that you're your own favorite chef. All right, you see how amazing and thick this looks? That's the texture we're looking for. But we got to make sure the taste is right. It's good. I definitely taste the veggies but there's no kick yet. It needs more. So I'm going to go ahead and add, let's do another half a teaspoon of our ground cayenne pepper. And I'm going to do another full teaspoon of Cajun seasoning. I think it needs a little more salt, so this will definitely hit that salt as well. I could actually taste the paprika pretty well. I might leave that one alone. But again, don't be scared to try stuff. If you want yours more garlic, you add more garlic or some garlic salt. You know, figure out kind of what you like. So I'm just going to stir this up and keep tasting it until it's exactly what I want. I have a feeling this might be it though. Let me wash this off. Okay. Oh no. That's it. That's delicious. I can taste a little bit of that heat. And the longer I keep this on the stove, the hotter those spices are going to grow. So since I'm done, I'm going to go ahead and cut this off. And also, uh, texture is important. I need to mention that. You want still the vegetables to crunch and have some texture. You don't want to overcook this where it turns into mush. If you want mush, you can make mashed potatoes, right? If you want it a little softer, you can cook it a little bit longer. But we're ready to go. So I hope you guys enjoy, and remember, be your own favorite chef.